This episode of ACMG Presents Talk Time Live is brought to you in part by Viewfinders Identity Search and Design. Your choice for web design, graphic design, and all multimedia development needs. Visit VFISAD.com and let us bring your vision to reality. This is Charlotte Chung and Fred Tatashore. And you're listening to ACMG Presents Talk Time, time Live. It's time. Talk Time. Let's go. Anime, comics, movies, and games. To come on and let's get it. Talk time. Anime, comics, movies, and games. To come on and let's get it. Talk time. Anime, comics, movies, and games. To come on and let's get it. Talk time. Anime, comics, movies, and games. To come on and let's get it. Talk time. Live. Started in the 80s with Matt Cross. Dudes in the hood might have called that soft. But I carried that cross like Jesus did. Fast forward, I teach the kids to learn how to let go. Live life and show love to all things that don't matter. Where y'all from? And luckily, there's a show called Talk Time. We've been waiting for this for a long time. Dax kicks the facts on all the geek news. Special guests and unbiased reviews. Suburban kids, the hipster street dudes. All can learn something new. Me too. I heard words when no faith is empty. I stayed the course, so my haters tempt me. Beep the podcast, that'll make them envy. It ain't too trendy. It's ACMG. Anime, comics, movies, and games. Come on and let's get it. Talk time. Anime, comics, movies, and games. Come on. Come on and let's get it. Talk time. Anime, comics, movies, and games. Come on and let's get it. Talk time. Anime, comics, movies, and games. Come on and let's get it. Talk time. Live. Ladies and gentlemen, welcome back. This is ACMG Presents Talk Time Live, the prime show. I am your host, Xavier Josiah. Folks, this is the absolute final episode of the year, as well as the final episode of the decade. We made it. We made it through the decade. We managed to get this show. We managed to get the ACMG brand all the way through the end of this decade. This has begun in like 2013. We have been around for about seven years. This about going on seven years now um we're celebrating the six but it's definitely going around seven the actual uh podcast itself this podcast started i believe four years ago and man the the, the journey the journey has been nothing short of awesome uh i can't speak for any other podcast out there i can't speak for any other brand but i have been able to do some things with this brand that many others may or may have not been able to do in such a way. And I, I, it's surreal to, to this day. It is still surreal as I look back and we're going to talk about all that. Looking back at what's going on this year uh, for Talk Time Live, but also what's been going on this decade for ACMG. And just look back at all this because it's just, it's just been amazing. It, and it hasn't been easy. It has not been easy. Uh, had it just been some bumps some bumps that probably couldn't or shouldn't have even happen, but they happen, and then I managed to persevere from it, and we got through it, and we had some fun times, we had some interesting times, but, you know, all in all, it's still here, and I have enjoyed every bit of it, good and bad, and I'm looking forward to seeing what is possibly to happen. I gotta tell you this, if it all ended this year, 
I would not be upset from a standpoint if, if today was my last day, if tomorrow was my last day, I would not be upset because what I've done, what I've been able to accomplish with this in this office, it's just been nothing short of amazing. I've worked my ass off to make sure that I create a brand that celebrates all that we love and for it to go as far as it is doing and for me to be able to work with people I never thought I would be able to work with or meet people I would never thought I'd be able to meet it's just been an amazing road and we're gonna just talk about that here today um we also in our talk topic of the week our final review of the year of 2019 in a decade and that is Star Wars, The Fall of Skywalkers. We're going to talk about that. And, uh, you know, there's been a lot of mixed reviews on that movie. And, you know, I got a chance to see it finally. I got a chance to see it at the new mall uh, in our town in Philadelphia here. The Phil- uh, what is it? The Fashion District. I, it's, I'm, I'm old school, so I, I got to try not to say the gallery because that's where I grew up on. But it's now the Philadelphia Fashion District. And um, got a chance to go to their ACM, um, jeez, their AMC theater to talk about that. So I'll be re- not only reviewing the movie, but reviewing that uh, place as well because I'm a little mixed with it. As you know, I normally go to Movie Tavern for big movies and stuff like that. So this was kind of their version of Movie Tavern, and I'm going to talk about that as well. So, folks, before I even start with anything, I got some interesting news. Um, to those who own the um, any Amazon devices, you know, Fire, um, the ECHO, I'm saying I'm spelling it out because I actually have one here and it it addresses to that name and not Alexa. So only because Alexa comes up way too often, even in the commercials. And when that happens, it automatically activates. So I changed it to the name of the device itself when I use the voice, um, the voice, uh, you know, uh, the the voice modifications or whatever. But if you actually talk to Alexa and you actually ask to listen to a podcast, you can absolutely ask for ACMG Presents Talk Time Live. And it will pop up with the latest episode uh, actually, not only the latest episode, you can also go backlog to other episodes as well. I wouldn't recommend doing it that tedious. I, I don't know how you can find the other episodes or exclusive episodes or whatever in there yet, because I just went on a whim and I just got the uh, Amazon uh, ECHO show. <laughs> and lo and behold, I was like, you know, what the hell? Let me try it. Because it does say you can listen to podcasts. So I then said, you know, said Alexa play ACMG presents talk time live podcast and when you know it it comes up under um the apple podcast uh deal so you know if you have a apple podcast which used to be itunes it's now apple podcast along google uh no longer google play either it's now google podcast as well they decided to rebrand that and uh i like the fact that google all of a sudden did it after apple did it i think i don't know which one did it first but i got a feeling apple did it first but that could be wrong but nonetheless you can now listen to ACMG Presents Talk Time Live, this very podcast, on your on your actual devices, on your um, media devices, on your Amazon devices now. 
So you can listen to it in that as well. It's now available on there, and it's awesome. I mean, again, it's still awesome to be able to hear this show on any device or any you know format, let alone uh, Amazon. You know, with ease and everything. And it sounds really good on there too. You know, um, the uh, ECHO show. <laughs> it you know it, it pretty much it it's a really great device. This is the one with the um, with the screen on there, with the monitor on there, and you can actually you know see things like the weather. You can watch recipes. I've actually watched Transformers on that uh, on that thing. It actually is uh, it's connected with Tubi, so Tubi is able to you're able to watch Tubi uh, shows on there. And lo and behold, Transformers G1 is on there. Every single episode is on there, so you can watch it while you're, you know, cooking, while you're, um, while you're just doing anything, like you're washing dishes or whatever, if you got it in the kitchen or whatever, you can watch it in. It's really cool. It really helps, you know, the pro, you know, the process of everything, and you can play Apple, uh, Amazon Music as well, Unlimited. So, just want to point that out right there, but I am not going to waste any more time. We got a lot of things to look back on, so let's not waste any time. Let's find out what's new or what's past in the world of ACMG. And now, it's time to find out what's new in the world of ACMG. All right, just real quick, I want to go off record real quick. Anybody see that Saturday Night Live uh, episode last night with Eddie Murphy on there? actually really, really enjoyed that. Uh, if you haven't, go out of your way to check it out. It's the first time he's been back as a host on SNL for 35 years. I mean, it's been that long. He came back. A huge, huge cast came, uh, was there. Uh, Chris Rock, um, uh, Tracy Morgan, uh, and Dave Chappelle were all there at the opening. It was, it was a really cool opening, a really awesome opening. The show was actually pretty good with him on air. You know, felt really cool they did use a lot of his old uh characters that he did and some of them were really good and then some of them were felt like a little bit off uh with today's standards and everything but overall it was really fun to see him again and he is it's eddie man you can't go wrong with that but the mr robinson's neighborhood it was hilarious as he's talking about you know now living in a gingerfied uh world and society and everything it was really awesome that they did that and it fit right in it really fit right in with that one so if you haven't checked it out go out of your way to check it out uh deep it's probably i dvr'd it but it's probably on demand probably by now or you can check it on a hulu right now so let's take a look back at this year on talk time live um i just i every year every year i tend to ask the following question how am i going to top this with really no plan or whatever it's it's basically a more of an opportunist opportunistic type of you know way it's like i live by the proverbial rope of opportunity you know, at, like in a way of double dutch. Like if you, if you, I don't even know if people even play double dutch anymore. But double dutch is a is a um, analogy that I use or a metaphor that I use to describe taking the opportunity and jumping on in there, no matter what happens. And if you played double dutch before, then you know that there's a possibility that you go in, you could get hit. You get whipped by that rope. If you go in and mess up, the idea is not to get hit by that rope. 
but it takes time to really master it. But the biggest challenge is not being afraid to jump in. So I, I that's what I call the double dutch dilemma. My D3 analogy, if you will, and go and just doing it. And every year when it comes to, you know, ACMG, when it comes to Talk Time Live, I always want to do something different. I always want to take chances and just go out there and the idea is that how am I going to top this? What am I going to do? And every year I somehow find a way. And it's scary. It is scary because I, I'm not trying to top myself. I'm just trying to say, like, what can I do this year to keep it going and keep it growing and stuff like that? And it just, by the grace of glory, it happens through support of others and friends and stuff like that. It just happens. You know, it's a testament of, I guess, me and my my character, if you will, and, and the work that I put in for people to see what I'm doing and want to be a part of it or want to help out or do something like that. You know, the true blue out there that really, they also most likely also the hardworking people out there. And lo and behold, and, and, and even the people that come on the show, you know, they see the quality of this show and they want to be a part of it. And I can't be more humbled and thankful enough for that. This year alone, if I'm counting this, we had 13 guests on this show this year um a lot of them new a lot of new people i mean 13 this year and you got to count since the beginning i am possible there's a possibility that is now way over 30 guests that has been on talk time live some reoccurring guests but it's just been amazing i mean let's talk about some of the guests that's been on talk time live this year uh new guests like mike herbin he was the last guest I had, I believe, of RetroSoft Studios. He's hyping uh, Retro Mania Wrestling up and really wrestling. Just alone, uh, just announced this week that uh, the characters from Matt Mania will be in the game. And it's appropriate that that happened because the original Matt Mania is out now on Nintendo Switch. And I believe it's probably out on other systems as well uh, as part of the arcade, the arcade archive ACA series. And that game is fun as hell, but it's hard as hell to play. It is really, really hard to play. But it's the the, the artistry of that game was so ahead of its time. Um, because it was arcade, it really wasn't that, you know, it was very stiff. It was a very hard game to play. And again, it was an arcade game, so they were really trying to make you crunch those quarters in. So that's why the, the difficulty level is high. I, talking to Mike Herman, he assured that... Uh, Retromania Wrestling will not be that stiff or hard. Uh, even that, even though he is adding the characters to Matt Mania on there, all five, six characters of the the original Matt Mania will be on there because now he has the rights to do that as well, and it's owned by Tech News, so he has those characters on there. It'd be really cool if he gets Double Dragon and all those other cats on there. Maybe Kunio, who knows, <laughs> to be in a wrestling game. But I uh, just dropped my uh, Apple TV mic. I mean, uh, remote, but. Uh, I really, 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 really would love to see these characters in there. It looks great. looks awesome. It was really fun to talk to Mike Herman, uh, you know, him talking about this game and him being from uh, Collegeville. It's really awesome. We got a PA guy with a new video game coming out and another milestone in Philadelphia, Pennsylvania or Delaware Valley, if you will, from there. 
We also got a chance to head over back to Singapore again to talk to Desmond Wong of Gentle Brothers to talk about Cat Quest 2, which is an amazing game. If you're really into RPGs, if you uh, action RPGs, that is a definite game you need to check out. It's really, it's fun, it's innovative, it's cute, it's hilarious. It, there's a lot of great humor, great artwork, great art style in there, just great, uh, you know, mapping. <laughs> the game literally and talking to him he's always a lot of fun to talk to and being a ch getting a chance you know i talk about skype both good and bad but it's great that we have skype to be able to talk to people from as far as uh singapore for god's sake i mean that's just amazing I i've had a chance to talk to people in so many different areas around the world in this show and it's an honor to be able to talk to people and talk about hear their stories and everything going on. So Desmond is always a great guy to be in here too. And Cat Quest 2, if you guys remember from the best of 2019, I put that on the list of some of the, uh, my favorite games to play this year. So that is a testament to that. And I'm not even being biased just for the fact that he's been on the show. There's a reason why he's on the show. There's a reason why a lot of these guys are on the show, because I know these games are awesome and I want to talk about them. <laughs> so, you know, it's not just me like overselling something or, you know, selling something for the sake of being on my show. I reach out to them. They're not reaching out to me to try to sell it. I reach out to them to say, I love this game. I want to talk about this game. You know, so there's no bias situations at whatsoever in this case if the game is that good i am reaching out to that person to try to get a hold of them and talk about it so it, it just speaks volumes it's like i'm not going to talk to some i'm never going to talk to anybody about a game that i don't like that's just that's absolutely the truth there so uh, you know, it was really great talking to him. Um, Music-wise, we usually get a couple music guests this year. We got two. One of them was the Stereotitans. These guys returned, and, and honestly, that is that interview with those guys. Um, if you guys remember, if you listen to that, it was a very interesting interview. I got to hear their newest album, uh, which was a collaboration of really cool instrumentals from some of your favorite comics and movies and games and. Um, I'm waiting for that volume two with Dragon Ball, Rock the Dragon. So, Mark, it, Mark, if you guys are listening, <laughs> again. But, I mean, but we got into a serious subject, too, regarding a familiar, you know, promoter that was on this show at one point, but is under, still, no matter how, it is trying to be under the the carpet or the, whatever you want to analogy you want to put it, or under the bus or whatever, or hidden in the closet or whatever. He's still under some questionable controversy, if you will, that is still have been unanswered. And to me, the longer that it takes to be unanswered, the more that it becomes a a bothersome situation. I, I, I can just tell you this, people. If you ever do anything wrong in life, the best way to get through it is to acknowledge it, to address it, and to make amends of it. You will come out so much better as a person, as a character, as a person of morale, then you would, and, and, ethic, and code of ethics, even at that, if you do. But I digress. It was great to have those guys on air. You know, each individually, these guys are phenomenal on their own. Together, they are a awesome power, <laughs> and both in, in the form of music and in education. You know, uh, I, I really appreciate them. Those guys are true heroes, even off 
you know, the state, even off stage, you know, so it's always great to hear from them. And uh, hopefully we can get together again and um, on, I could check out their live events as well. And seeing them live is just so cool. It's so awesome. It is just really awesome. So uh, got a chance to, you know, really enjoy them again. And hopefully if I ever do do another contest, I can possibly use their music again because it's just it's phenomenal. I mean, you guys need to check out, you know, them. They're a com- great comic book uh, metal band and you can't go wrong. Cannot go wrong at all. Um, going back to games, we also got a chance to talk to David D'Angelo of Yacht Club Games. I mean, the people behind Shovel Knights, the people behind the recent Shovel Knights game that I just reviewed. And again, one of my favorite indie companies, one of the bigger indie companies. I mean, for God's sakes, they got their own Amiibo. To have an, let me tell you something. There's a lot of indie companies out there. And a lot of indie companies, groups that have been on the show, indie gaming developers that has been on the show. I can tell you, out of all of them, only one of them has an amiibo that I'm holding right now, and that is Yacht Club Games. You know, and not only that, that to get that Shovel Knight amiibo, they don't sell them anymore as it was a limited edition. It is not cheap. <laughs> tell you that right now. Um, it's hard to find. It's really not easy to find, but it was great to have him on air to talk about Cyber Shadow, which still has not come out, but I'm a, I am, I have reason to believe it will be out sometime in 2020. It looks awesome. Uh, but Shovel Knight uh, Showdown was came out, and uh, I forgot the other the name of the other Shovel Knight game uh, on air, but I, I'm looking forward to it. Uh, Cyber Shadow, I'm really looking forward to when it comes out. But also uh, Shovel Knight Dig, which is like a Super Nintendo retro look to it. And it looks like they're taking a little bit from um, SteamWorld Dig. So I, it looks pr- very promising. I don't think there's a bad Yacht Club <laughs> games out there. Uh, it was really just awesome to get a chance for him to want to come on the show to talk about that and more. So hopefully we can get him back on in the near future. Um, speaking of other game developing uh, companies, I did I did not think I was ever going to be able to talk to these guys. And I always want to talk to these guys because they've been behind some of my really, really my a lot of my favorite uh, games, especially retro or remaster games. Way forward. I got a chance to talk to Adam Tierney and Bannon Rudis and talking about, again, one of my other favorite in surprises this year, surprise game of the year for me, and that is River City Girls. But a lot of these guys are also responsible for Shanti, Half Genie Hero. They're also responsible for DuckTales, the remastered game. And I am so, it was just a pleasure to talk to these guys and, you know, to find out what went into this game. And honestly, Denny, after playing a lot of the retros, I mean, the River City games that Arc System Works has played, they need to be highly commended because I think they made the best game, the best River City game out there. It was beautifully done. I hope this is not the last time that they do another game like that. Um, they really should allow these guys to do River City games from now on because they managed to give the way forward kick to it, but also just really immersed us so much more into that world and credit to them and and our style is really awesome they just did a really great job Uh, i would love to see that game on an adult swim type of format and i've said it on that interview before i say it again the way that they put that together it felt like i was watching an adult swim tv show uh so 
kudos to them on that. I also had a talk, uh, chance to talk to um, cartoonist Jamar Nicholas, the um, Dwayne McDuffie award-winning recipient of last year, of 2018. I had a chance to meet him at Keystone Comic Con this year, and I saw his panel. So I had a chance to talk to him personally. It was really great to talk to him about his award-winning novel as well, which is, I have it right here. Excuse the noise. It is Leon Protector of the Playground, which is actually a really, really good uh, story. Uh, I recommend that for any any people of color to want to listen to read, and just people in general, but especially people of color. Is a you know is starring a character that is a color in his own type of you know world, almost like a you know kind of like a uh, Bobby's World type of experience with him. So you know it was great to talk to him. Great to talk to him about everything, especially like, you know, diversity in, in, in his industry, um, the blurred culture, which we kind of got heavy on as far as um, I want to say disdain for it, if you will. I think that's too harsh of a word, but it's 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 an annoyance of just the idea of that culture, uh, that subculture, if you will, because it's a culture that doesn't really need to be as big. I, I, I don't want to say pretentious, but maybe it is. Maybe the I, you know, because it, the term nerd, and I'll always say this, I've always fight for this. The term nerd was not a term used for specific race. It was used specifically for anyone who was, you know, who who lacks social, you know, awareness or social social skills, if you will, and. There was no like if you go back to the 80s, Revenge of the Nerds, the movie. That movie had a diverse group of people that were just all nerds and, and geeks or dorks or whatever. They were all there was it didn't not matter. And the crazy part about that movie, the great part about that movie was that they all came together because they had something in common. They all had something in common. Didn't matter what race. It didn't matter what, you know, gender you were. They all had something in common. So now that the whole geek and blur, you know, within the decade, this decade, the different, the great part about this decade was that nerds and geeks became a trend. But at the same time, that became a negative because this allowed that genre or that subculture to try to make in a, a even a, another subculture within the culture, the subculture. And that was blurred. It's like, why are you trying to isolate people further? That was my, I, that is the one thing I hated about this this decade was like that whole entire thing. Your idea was to create more friction and more division by creating a term blurred. Like, when was there ever any racist? I'd never seen a racist nerd. I never, I never. A true nerd was so isolated from society that he and he wanted, he wanted to be connect. He wanted to connect with anybody. I, the, the idea of a of a white nerd and a black nerd or an Asian, it, you know, and they just all. The idea is just so stupid that you're creating friction and division that's exactly what you're doing that was if anything i can say i really hated about this decade it's the pretentious nature of what people were doing 
and especially in the geek community. It just, it, it really burns me up because <laughs> people wanted to be something. And with this Instagram life that we now created for ourselves, people often want it to be something and they try to create these things in terms of whatever just to be cool and it, it just it, it was corniest it was corny as hell i hope we i really i really hope that as we go into 2020 that we change a lot of that it, it just it needs to chill it really does but i digress it was great to talk to nicholas about that and everything going on in his world and i will definitely have him back on the show it was great to have him and uh it's a really good dude really spirited dude and um another educator as well got a lot of great educators on this show and this show when it comes to exclusives is all about education it's not just entertainment it's also about education we get to talk about some of the things that we do uh on this show or they do on this show and you get to learn from what they do if you ever want to be an inspiring anything that goes on in this show so uh also can't talk about this year oh before i even go there um a big shout out to another uh indie developer yeo this is one guy that i had to just talk to not in audio i got it because he he's from ukraine or russia and so he felt that he couldn't have a good audio interview because his english wasn't as good but he can definitely write in english so we did an online interview which you can always find on talktimelive.com uh, you can always find that there actually I really do need to put that on an exclusive page because it was a really good interview it was my first written interview it was a written interview article that I did on air but I really wanted to talk to him because I was so I was so amazed by this game this Kunio Khan S game it wasn't a real Kunio Khan or River City like game but he created his own river city ransom clone game to some which i say that was better than a lot with, with the exception of river city girls that was the better it was one of the better um river city clone games developed that i've played it was really well done it really had a great story it was kind of, the story and narrative to it was kind of had a lean on me type of or uh, you know a really good lean on me type of um storyline and narrative to it so i really enjoyed it there's a lot of cool things that you could do on air uh it was it was more or less to me it was more art than it was just a normal game and pretty it was really well written and uh, i i really enjoyed it so if you haven't played that and you like those river city ransom games check out the friends of ringo ishikawa and i think you will enjoy it i really think you'll enjoy it but the fact that one guy did that is very inspiring because it was one of those things and that was the reason why i think i wanted to talk to him because it was one of those situations that i get to i get around i get when i talk to people and they claim they want to do something but they never pursue it and they always make excuses well i need more people i need to do this and you do that this guy is just one guy and he created this really really great game you can do it trust me i know from from my experience you could do it it's very hard to do with just one person i mean technically he i mean if you want to credit anybody else he had a guy who did the music but i think and you know that was it but he was like the main guy behind doing that 
deal. And it was maybe his he had family that helped him out as well. I mean, go and read that article. It was really awesome. I need to go read that article myself. <laughs> I haven't read it in a while. But it was really well done. I thought he did a great job with it. And um, yeah, go out of your way to check it out. Because, I mean, for, not for anything. It's a very inspirational game knowing that he put a lot of his will into that. Um, it's just it's pretty awesome. It's just really awesome. But, uh, you know, then... We got a chance to go to Keystone Comic Con again. Uh, 2018, I work with them, you know, to get a few people like Molly Flanagan in and Megan Ran in and all the stuff. And uh, I got a chance to talk to Brian Stephenson. Shout out to him of uh, Re- uh, Repop and the working relationship between ACMG and Repop again in 2018. How was I going to top this? I did so by actually being a part of Keystone Comic Con this year and it's one of the biggest milestones of this show and ACMG to that extent by being acknowledged by one of the biggest companies of this genre and and of this uh, uh, one of the biggest Comic Con event companies in the world and to be acknowledged by them and for them to acknowledge the quality of what I put in and inviting me to host not one, not one, but two panels. Take note, these were my first Comic-Con panels ever. I was offered to do a Comic-Con panel before, but it just didn't feel right. A lot of it didn't feel right. And this one felt right. This one felt absolutely right. I was more than happy to be a part of this this is a big event for philadelphia and not only what did i do two panels but who i did those panels with really lived up to the talk to talk time live you know aspect you know getting talk getting the chance to meet with longvo and the chamba of udon entertainment the guys behind street fighter 5 and almost everything capcom was a dream that became my reality I met, I got a chance to uh, check out Longvo at uh, San Diego Comic Con ages ago. Uh, I believe 2014 or 15 or whatever like that. And then I got a chance to see him again when I went up to the Udon booth and um, had a chance to, you know, see um, the executive producer of uh, Capcom, of uh, Street Fighter, and there. And um, he was there as well. But. I've always wanted to get a time, you know, get a chance to interview him or have him on the show. And it took a while. He was a very hard guy to get to. And he's very shy, too. Um, very, very shy, dude. So I don't think, you know, doing interviews and all the stuff is not usually his forte. Um, but thanks to the powers that be at Repop, we made it happen. Not only did I get a chance to finally get a chance to interview Longvo on a live stage or at a panel. I also got the Chombo there as an extra bonus. And these are the two most talented guys there. It was very awesome to get a chance to talk to them. Not only that, they made it even extra special because they, you know, I wanted to wear a shirt in honor of this panel. And I was looking for a Udon shirt. They weren't actually, the only time you can normally get those is at a con. So I reached out to them. They actually, you know, reached back. We got together. Uh, thanks to uh, Eddie uh, Eddie Raymond at uh, Repop who connected us together and we started setting up and planning things. I went all out to make a really great production for that show, uh, doing the graphics and everything, and you know for the big for the uh, big screen and everything. And let me tell you, it worked out so well. But not only on top of that, they 
gave me a specially made Udon, a limited edition Udon shirt that was illustrated by both of those guys. And that's what made it even special. So if you if you seen the pictures and everything on you know, talktimelive.com or if you're in the ACMG Facebook group or even my, you know, Facebook page or whatever or Instagram page at Dexavier underscore Josiah, you can see those pictures. And I was so happy to see this that they both illustrated on air. It's so awesome. It was an honor to have them on air and talk to them about everything that they'd done for uh, and Udon Entertainment and hear Longvo talk about how he founded uh, Udon Entertainment and whatnot. It was just a pleasure to hear. I really am looking forward to getting them back on a show or some form of fashion again. And I got look, I looked out for both of them. I uh, gave them the Philadelphia Phil. Chamba got his cheesesteak, courtesy of me, and Reading Terminal. And he enjoyed it so much, he put it on his story and, and tagged me. And they tagged it. And shout out to them both, because they tagged the living hell out of me on every single format or social media outlet that they had. And I could not be more appreciative of that because they have a huge following. So <laughs> that really helped out. And then to top it off, which was like directly after Tom Holland made it into um, made it into the in Keystone Comic Con for the main panel of the day. Thank you to Tom Holland, a.k.a. Spider-Man, because the electricity that came from his panel generated onto mine in the Voices of Overwatch panel that Sunday uh, at, at, at right at noon packed almost 300 people in that crowd a very electric crowd honestly it was just fantastic getting to be there to host the show and moderate uh, our the guest Fred Tadashore aka Soldier 76 aka Ghost Rider aka The Incredible Hulk aka my god there's so many damn you know characters this man played I can't even name them all it would take too long but he was there along with Charlotte Chung aka Diva both to represent their characters of Overwatch which at the time we we could not talk about Overwatch 2 but now we know that Overwatch 2 is coming so this is very interesting to see uh that happen and hopefully I could get Fred Tattashore back on some form of fashion because he did say that he would be on, but it, he's not the easiest guy to find. And stupid me, I forgot to get the information from him before he got, I just gave him my card. But um, I got a feeling, I'll, I'll, I, who knows, I may bump into him sooner or later this year. But I tell you, man, it was a lot of fun. Uh, I do have some, uh, I do have the audio for both of them. Again, they are not that good. So I'm just keeping it to myself. But it was really great because on in 2018, you know what? Screw it. I am going to play that audio at the very end, that that clip of the audio at the very end of this um, episode so you guys can hear it. But I, I told him in 2018, I just out of the blue purchased an Overwatch book bag, backpack to carry all my equipment and everything in. And I'll use it for biking and everything, too. I had no idea. Nobody had no idea that a year later that I will be sitting there talking to two of the actual actors of that game. That was amazing. That was absolutely surreal there. So um, that that was just absolutely awesome. And then again, shout out to the Repop uh, crew as well. Eddie uh, Raymond uh, as well, who was kind of the guy responsible for all of this happening. Uh, MK Goodwin also 
you know she you know she was on the show to talk about uh everything that was going to happen this year uh at you know at keystone comic-con which was a phenomenal year they all of them everybody betty everybody all of them um steph need to be commended for everything that they did this year at keystone they turned it up and seeing that next year that jim lee is going to be there and also i am going to be back to do a panel i don't know how many panels i'm doing but i am coming back to do a panel and they cannot tell me who i'm going to be doing a panel with uh because of ndas or whatever like that but i will know soon enough and if they're taking a vacation kudos to all of them but i do know that i have been in talks with them i've also been helping them with some things as well that i cannot discuss i will not discuss because i have no idea what they're doing with the information that i was able to provide them and the people i was able to connect them with so i i'm really interested in seeing what they're going to do next year and what they're planning so uh but it was really great to you know get a chance to work with them and talk to them and god forbid i i've mentioned this before i was supposed to do a panel with charlotte chung at keystone i mean i'm sorry at new york comic-con but it was just too impromptu i am looking forward to going to new york comic-con next year as well as possibly doing a panel for keystone uh, for new york comic-con and if that's the case that would be epic <laughs> it would be absolutely freaking epic i'm i'm so looking forward to going to new york comic-con next year you know knock on wood god willing all that stuff um i am determined i am determined to um I, there's no way it's, it's already locked it's not even but uh, i've just been waiting to get a chance to go to new york comic-con i stalled for this long but this is one of those cases better late than never and trust me this is going to be big so i i can't wait for that um also shout out to molly molly flanagan again um got me introduced me to tom gibbis who is the voice of shikamaru one of the uh the year's first guest that i had this year and got a chance to talk to him he, great dude it was awesome i love the sound bite that he's able to put on for me as well and in shikamaru voice and um just talking to him about his career and him working with dick clark of all people which was also awesome if and it was a really great conversation he's a really great dude i got a feeling i will be talking to him again i have his he's in my contact list so i um and i recently uh reached out to him too as well so um just it was an honor to talk to him and any i think i've talked to almost everybody in naruto cast so far it's just been amazing um well all except for two and hopefully that will come soon in some form or fashion so again and um talking about reuben langdon who made his rich his third return to the show he's been on the show like three times already i think this was the best interview to date because one we got to talk about uh devil may cry 5 which just won the best action game award deservingly so and so uh kudos to him and all the cast there but also man the situation that happened with him that he almost died uh, last year him and a friend in Guatemala, I believe, he, they, these guys almost died. They actually filmed the footage, <laughs> which was on there. So we got to talk about that. His um, his research on uh, extra uh, dimensional, um, you know, existence out there. That was also cool as well. So, I mean, he's an awesome dude. Awesome dude. I reached out to him recently. Of course, I mentioned that too uh, in his win with the awards. And uh, he was very happy to hear that. He posted it out there. 
uh, with much glee. He, he's a great dude. He Sometimes I think he's more Ryu than actually Ken Masters that he plays, that he portrays, because he's a world traveler. He travels out, he experiences the world almost in the same fashion that Ryu would, but if it's like if Ryu was a a director, a documentary, uh, a documentary director, and he just went around the world as a camera instead of fighting. That he's kind of like that in a sense, but he's an awesome, spirited guy. Love him. Shout out to him as well. And lastly, number thirteen. Shout out to this man as well, Felix Dongado. Finally, get a chance to get him on the show. I've been saying, but tell him I'm like. I'm going to get you on my show sooner or later. I got to get you on the show. Uh, he did Felix Chevrolet, which unfortunately he can no longer call the album that, but it was one of my favorite albums this year uh, coming out along with Megan Rand. Shout out to him. He got came out with Aegis, but um, Felix Chevrolet was such a great album that he came out with. And uh, he had some controversy with the Felix Chevrolet dealership, which he was basing it on. Uh, and they didn't allow him to put it on there but doesn't stop the music from being that hot it was awesome he had a great dedication to his grandmother who was the original uh songstress for felix the cat absolutely awesome it it, it, he did it was a heartwarming dedication i really wish those freaking idiots at felix chevrolet would actually reconsider it because if they listen to the album and listen to how he did it was so respectful to that to his i mean just so much man so um those were the people that i really appreciate it was a lot of people on the show this year i don't know who the hell am i have on next year or what's gonna happen next year but i i again i'm hoping to do more but i'm also hoping to do it with more people i, I this is a lot of fun it's, if you're hard working and diligent enough you just heard what i just experienced this year come on listen people get your ass off on a deal if you're talented and diligent and willing man imagine the stuff that you could do imagine look at what i'm doing imagine if i had enough people to do it with me this year i mean i'm telling you man it's just it's it's awesome it's just awesome so i also want to talk about moving on to some other things uh moving on to some year-end stuff um great comic book shows this year some really really great comic book shows this year all culminating to the end with crisis on infinite earth but you know before that we had tight uh titan season two which which was a big step up from the first season which was very slow paced um we had swamp thing which was a phenomenal show on the dc uh universe and for some reason stupid reason they canceled it i there's no explanation for that uh we also had the runaways final season which we didn't really get a chance to talk about but they ended off on a really great note here um except for the end I mean, no, the end was great. Don't get me wrong. But what happened at the end was that I forgot my man's name. Um, uh, the uh, the smart dude at the end with the afro, with the really cool afro. As you know, in the comic books, he's going to turn he's going to turn against the uh, his group and become like one of the main villains. They left it open like a really open ended type of thing instead of just like let him let his future evil side you know die they kind of just left it alone they kind of just took it off in an open-ended way knowing that the season is never coming back knowing that the series is never coming back so i really just like oh i really wish they didn't do that and just let it end that like he was evil because of what happened in the future and how things changed but they changed everything back so um that right there i just you know if they weren't going to do another season 
I would have just left it off of that. But despite that, it was really well done. Um, I like the cloak and dagger. Um, the cloak and dagger, you know, cam, you know, um, crossover was really well done as well. And the connection to both Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. and Doctor Strange, because the book that they had, the book that they used on Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. the year that Ghost Rider was in there, was also the very same exact book that was used for the um, for the sorceress that was in the episode, which was um, oh god, I, I am so blanking out on the name of the actress that was on this episode this season. But uh, my god, she was drop dead gorgeous. I'm I'm gonna look this up right now. Hold on for one sec. Run away. Who is the actress in this year? Not the band. I'm talking about Marvel. Uh, la 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 la. Season two cast. So yeah, Alex is the one. Alex is the main, uh, was becoming the main bad guy. That, um, a lot of went down with the alien race that was trying to take over um, the bodies of the parents and everything. and surprisingly Catherine died I don't mean to spoil it but like if you haven't seen it by now you know Catherine died in here and it was just really crazy but I'm trying to find the main villain of this season yeah Elizabeth Hurley you know from um Elizabeth Hurley my god Elizabeth Hurley this Stunning, stunning woman is 54 years old and she looks, I mean, beyond hot. <laughs> I mean, and they made sure you realize how hot she was. And it's like, she is this day and age is Linda Carter. I mean, she, I mean, God, she doesn't age a bit. Everything on her looks tremendous. Quote unquote. I mean, no joke. She is absolutely awesome as hell. Uh, and she played a great villain this year. She played an absolutely great villain this year. Uh, but in connection, they also connected to Dark Dimension in this series. They also connected. Um, the, I, you know what's funny? That book, that book which was in, um, that the book that was in, supposed to be in the, um, the Sorcery Sanctum of Doctor Strange and, and Wong. Wong should have... I don't understand how this book still came out because last time on Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D., it was my knowledge at the end that Ghost Rider took the book back to the Sanctum to give back to Wong. How this sorceress retrieved this book and how the hell is Wong not ever getting this book back? I don't get it. This book, <laughs> this book just keeps reappearing. So I don't know if that's a plot hole but that's how it happened. And he never really explained how she got that book. But that is the same exact book that they used on Ages of S.H.I.E.L.D. And which was the book missing in uh, Doctor Strange. So there, there is a huge connection to that there. So they are still, regardless of its ending, they're still connecting it to the Marvel Cinematic Universe. So it's really sad that they're going. I don't know if, um, I really don't know. I guess, because I know... Uh, I know uh, Cloak and Dagger did get canceled, and they kind of went out in a way, in a, in a way that they were transferring themselves over to the Runaways to make their appearance there. But 
I don't think they're getting a third season either, but at least they ended off on a note where it's like they're just going to go off in the world and experience things. And that's how they ended up in the Runaways episode. So it I, I, I don't know. Hopefully they'll make a comeback in some form or fashion or not. But I really enjoy both those shows more than Runaways than that uh there so um more dc stuff harley quinn which just kind of came out i think it's on his fifth four fifth episode one of the funniest shows ever it's funny thing about the show is that i don't understand how people can like this show and hate teen titans go there's some similar humor to both of them with the difference being that harley quinn is a rated r flick and teen titans go is more of a hit show but they have some similarities in in comedy in humor so it's just the teen titans are cursing up a storm or whatever on there or some of the content in there isn't not exactly but there's some tongue-in-cheek things on teen titans go that you could easily compare to in, in that show either but show is really funny and uh, the cast is so great. Um, this week, Ron Funches actually plays King Shark. So, and I love, he's a phenomenal comedian. Love him. Love to stand up, especially when he came out to Ric Flair's robe and was introduced by Ric Flair. Awesome. So, you had that there. Doom Patrol was another great show. Uh, really, really great show. I didn't think, I didn't know what to think of that show at first, but the more you watch it, the more intriguing and fun and awesome that show becomes um so that was really cool there i mentioned crisis on infinite earth which was kind of end all be all for this world i love the fact that it will be concluding on my birthday on january the 14th so i'm sorry thank you cw for the great present even though it's going to take that long january the 14th i i am going to be sitting on in my um at my house and watching it the conclusion of that is i am still looking forward to that it, they did a great job so far um I, just a lot of fanfare a ton of fanfare in this show and shout out to again kevin conroy <laughs> who i got to interview last year was on the show as well so it was really awesome absolutely awesome um the umbrella academy by dark horse uh comics and netflix has put that together this is the life after uh marvel you know type of situation here and i thought they did a great job i'm looking forward to seeing their second season i hope somehow some way mary j blige makes it makes it back because she was kind of really the standout performance in there of all people mary j blige She's always a surprise to people because you don't think of her as an actress or actor for that matter. And she comes on and you could tell she's just such a well-seasoned legend. She is a legend in the world of music and, and uh, hip hop and R&B. But she, man, she is she doesn't get enough credit. She is awesome. And she did a great job on that show that entire series i always look forward to seeing her on camera in there as well so um and surprisingly daybreak which i took the chance to look at i absolutely by the end of that series and season i love and much like swamp thing it is canceled after the first season there's i guess it didn't get a lot of viewership or whatever but which is sad because it had a really great scott pilgrim type of feel to it it was character development was really well done and the cliffhanger at the end the twist at the end was awesome and now we won't be able to see this we will not be able to see this twist the only time you can see it is if you read the comic now so 
I, that, it was, that's really sad. It was really sad that they uh, did that, but maybe, I don't know. I don't think enough people can really petition to get that back on, and that's the problem. Uh, it'll just be left off as a really uh, cult classic, but I, I loved I absolutely loved it. It should it deserved a second season because they did a really great job. It was like Lord of the Flies versus um, Scott Pilgrim. Pretty much there. So um, let's talk about movies. A lot, a lot of great movies this year. One only bad <laughs> this year uh, that I got a chance to check out a review. Of course, we can't talk about it. Anything, but I'll talk about Endgame. You got an 11 year journey. All culminating to this, actually technically two. I mean, because if you count Infinity War last year, if you put those together, it truly is the climatic epic conclusion of a t- 10 and 11 year journey. And you had to pay it off. You you built up all of these movies. You built up this story, this narrative, all the way f- for 11 years. Nobody has done this. Not Martin Scorsese, not... Francis Ford Copeland, definitely not no damn Jennifer uh, Aniston. Sit your ass down. <laughs> but you built up this 11-year journey. And you got to keep people wanting to see this. You got to keep people enticed to see this. And they managed to do it. They've accomplished what other movies have not other movies and legendary movies legendary legendary franchises have done before have um, tried to do and yes our beloved star wars as well and they managed to do it they had a clean i mean it wasn't perfect in a sense but if you talk about percentage of quality of storytelling of overall entertainment for 11 years that's hard to do. I challenge Martin Scorsese to try to do something like that. I know he's a legend. I know he is one of the Mount Rushmore of filmmaking. But even I would challenge him to say, do 11 years of creating a universe, a world, unlike anything you've ever seen before, and still get people excited to want to see it more and even paying more money to see it because if you recall since iron man came out each marvel movie made more money record-breaking numbers so by the time it got to endgame and by the time it got to infinity war and even to that credit black panther there were record-breaking box office numbers they were also critically acclaimed it's one thing to make the money to do it because you could make the money and still have a crappy movie because people want to see the movie i don't understand why people focus on the box office uh you know money is you can make a lot of money but still have a very crappy movie do you understand that you know all you have is just like a movie that just got away with you know got away with money for making a bad movie but the Marvel movies were phenomenal. They made a lot of money and they were phenomenal. And that by the end time Endgame came, it met the hype. So again, I can say, easily say, that was the my absolute number one movie of the year. Absolute. 
despite the fact I'm a Spider-Man fan. <laughs> and it did have Spider-Man in there, but it was one of my, my number one movie, definitely. Spider-Man, speaking of which, Far From Home, which was the follow-up for it after all of that, was really good and one of the biggest scares of the year. Because one of the biggest news biggest news in our, in our favorite fandoms has to be Spider-Man not leaving the Marvel Cinematic Universe because of the evil ass Sony company who was bitter, obviously bitter as hell that Spider-Man Far From Home made the money that they wanted to, that they claimed that they uh, wanted to made. It made, I think it did make the million dollar mark. And the idea was that if it made the billion dollar mark, that they would be able to do another movie. They'd be able to keep the franchise. Sony got real bat, um, real, like real butthurt and bitter and decided to snatch him away. And this was right before the right. I think right after the announcement that he was coming to San, uh, to Keystone Comic Con here in Philadelphia. And they announced that and it broke so many people's heart hearing that news, knowing that he was coming to Philadelphia and now he's got to try to address the situation and shout out to Tom Holland for give, for pouring his heart out to both Sony and, and, uh, you know, uh, Bob Iger about fighting to get this, keeping us in and play at least for one more movie or a few more, whatever it is that they're agreeing to, but it was hard. And I remember, even though that he did a great job doing that panel and it turned out great. And I got some awesome pictures of him, you know, media pics of him as well. Love that. That was a, that, that's a sidebar situation. That's a sidebar situation right there. But it was really awesome to be able to do media coverage of that, of, of that panel and be able to just walk up front stage with him just like feet away and me taking pictures with my with my bomb ass Megatron Cannon camera. So, so um, that was that was another big memorable milestone of it here. It was just beautiful. Again, shout out to Repop and Keystone Comic Con for that one. Um, but I digress. I mean, great movie. Uh, it was a great follow up to everything that happened in Endgame. And it, you know, answered a lot of questions of what happened and things that went on during and, and by the time they came back so kudos to them and you know kudos that to sony for i guess bowing down again recognizing and just take the money god <laughs> they're making the money that you want to take you're going to cut them dry because i don't even want to get into it but you know what happened one of the biggest news of the year but also one of the one of my favorite movies of this year um mysterio was just awesome Mysterio was an awesome character, lived up to the hype, and we got it finally got a different character. Probably the best character since uh Doc Ock and uh in Spider-Man 2, bar none. So really enjoyed it. Captain Marvel also was great. Brie Larson, she she really nailed that role. Really made you believe that she was Captain Marvel. Um she really popped out of the, the comics and she plays exactly like the way I, I would feel that she's portrayed when I read um, books like Civil War 2 um, and then stuff like that and how really militant she could be and but also like charming and she had that she she was she played the Captain Marvel role but she also had the Brie Larson charm that 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 oh I love when she gives that look <laughs> that that really cute flirt or flirty look to people uh, especially on Endgame when she looked at Peter Parker, she's like, hey, Peter Parker. And it was like, oh, <laughs> you kind of want to, your heart start beating on that note. So anybody who's a fan of Brie Larson, I understand why. 
I've been, I've been a, f- a fan of Brie Larson since uh, Scott Pilgrim versus the world. That was the first time I ever saw her when she played one of his uh, evil exes or one of his ex-girlfriends. And uh, she did Black Sheep. I was like, Oof, dude, I'm, I'm, yeah, I'm, I'm hot for this chick. <laughs> so um, just loved it. Absolutely loved it. One of my biggest surprise movies of this year. One of them. I, I got to say it's a tie. I got to say it's a tie this year. Um, one of my big surprises. One of them was Detective Pikachu. It's hard to get a game translated into a movie and make it a good movie. We had so many bad movies, but we had only a rare few good movies. Mortal Kombat is one of them. I can't think off the top of my head of anything other than that up until now. Um, Detective Pikachu was everything that I wanted it to be and more. I knew when I first played Pokemon and the whole concept of everything, I'm like, this can easily be a movie if they have the right CGI to do it. Now was the, more than enough time than ever to do a, a Pokemon movie. And it was everything I've ever imagined it and more. They did phenomenal with that movie. I absolutely, it was one of my favorite movies to enjoy this year. Um, absolutely, if you haven't checked that out, which if you're a Pokemon fan, you should have checked that out, but it's absolutely awesome. Go out of your way to check it out. And Ryan Reynolds did absolutely tremendous as Pikachu, Detective Pikachu himself and the twist at the end. Just a lot, really, it's what you expect from Nintendo, is what you expect from Game Freak when they are doing Pokemon and Pokemon only. And it's, it was just so awesome. So. Uh, the other big surprise was Alita, Battle Angel. Again, along with video games, anime is something that is not often really done right when it's doing live action. This was something James Cameron has been waiting to do for years, and I believe, true and true, this lived up to the long journey that he was inventing to, and it, I love that movie. There's some great, great moments in there where it just gets you like, really emotional in a sense and uh i thought they did a great job i i really thought they did a great job i think that's going to be a cult favorite uh, hopefully they will continue to do it especially now that ed norton's a part of it and he's playing a major role as the big villain in there i i i think that they can do a really good job again this was a movie sadly that came out in a time where marvel just ruled the world because had this come out around the time maybe when the matrix came out this movie would have been talked about or when around the time when Terminator 2 came out, this would have been one of the biggest blockbuster hits uh, and probably been said as probably a legend, a legendary cult classic. But uh, unfortunately, it just came out at a time where just Marvel just steamrolled everything. <laughs> so um, and then top it off, Jordan Pills Us. Um, again, I'm not really a horror dude. But when Jordan Peele puts a Alfred Hitchcock spin to it, it's it's more art than horror or thriller. And what he did with that film, using the moniker song, marquee song, I Got Five on it, and managed to use that in his own... Dude, it's just, it's so awesome. This guy is... This, I look at him like I look at Ron Howard. He's in that level. He is a high caliber director. I, we're, I, man, I wish they would have did this. He would have did this a long time ago, but I look forward to his movies now because you know you're getting something special, something very intriguing, something different. And it was just absolutely awesome. Now, 
That's all of the favorite and best show movies I had this year. I'm surprised. I only got one worst movie that I can really claim this year. And that is Hellboy. What, that movie should have never come out. That movie... I You heard my, my review on that this year. That movie... It was one of those movies. It reminded me of um, The Amazing Spider-Man. And I mentioned this... I think I mentioned this before. It reminded me of The Amazing Spider-Man 2 in 1. When I was like, why did they need to reboot this? Why would it, this was this was there was no need to reboot this at all? Let alone let alone do a, a whole you know with great power, great responsibility, Uncle Ben type of thing again. And it wasn't until like um, the Marvel Cinematic Universe came out that it was like okay, now you need to reboot or enter Spider-Man into that universe because that was a whole new universe. But Sony trying to reboot that was just wrong. And this also was wrong to do as well. Because the original Ron Perlman Hellboys are phenomenal. This one, they would try to be a lot. They try to be rated R. They try to be Deadpool and gritty and all that stuff. And it just didn't work out. It just did not work out for them this year. Um, you know, I only added this one too as worst movies of the year. But I forgot there's another one. X-Men Dark Phoenix. Now granted... It wasn't all that bad. Like, if I had to pick between the two that I had to watch, I watched Dark Phoenix way, way before, with the quickness before I watched Hellboy. But the opposite of Endgame, where this was a long journey of a story and narrative that be that was so convoluted in the storytelling because of everything that has happened, because of the situation of... Um, directors changing and 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 things like that and they just you know the only it was just it just became bad and furthermore here's the bad part here's the even bad part they did uh x-men apocalypse prior to that at the end of x-men apocalypse they had this end credit scene that was so pointless it didn't make sense and it was just wrong they were hinting that mr sinister was coming for the third film and it wind up that it that never even happened. That never even happened because they, they they went to the Dark Phoenix and it was the last film. Okay, here's the problem. In the comic books, Mr. Sinister came first before Apocalypse and then he ended Go do your research. There was so much wrong with that with that movie. Even though again, if I had to choose between Hellboy and watching X-Men Apocalypse, I'll be watching X-Men Apocalypse. Uh, I didn't mind, um, I didn't mind any, uh, any of the portrayals or any, just the storyline was just so off. The storyline was just way too off with that, and uh, this one was too. It was just, I, you know, the only gratification was that, um, Jennifer Lawrence, you know, Mystique, she, they killed her off. And I, the reason why I really loved that was because it was like, Okay, they made her the main character of this sh- of this movie, just same way the same way they made Storm the same the main character because it was Holly Berry because it was for fame and it was the wrong direction to go. They should have never went about it that way. You know, I know she's a Jennifer Lawrence. I love Jennifer Lawrence. I'm a fan of Jennifer Lawrence, but I don't blame Jennifer Lawrence for what they did in that movie. But she should not have been the main character doesn't have anything to do with you know the female agenda or the um or the female rev or the uh women's revolution if you will it's just a matter of appropriation 
of the narrative. And her character was one, never a good guy, and two, never the main character. She was never to be the main character. And that always, I'm sure it bothered a lot of X-Men fans out there. So if they wanted to make Jennifer Lawrence the main character, so they should have gave her a role, a, 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 a protagonist role that required her to be the main character. They didn't. So that's where I think they were absolutely wrong with that right there. So um, those are the only two movies I can really think about that I was really bad. So, um, and again, you know, Talk Time Live has been really, really great. But also the ACMG Facebook group has been really great as well this year. I just had a chance to um, do some really incredible things, not only just for myself, but for the other people. Um, you know, Talk Time Live alone, I've gave many opportunities. Unfortunately, those opportunities fell off. Uh, it's, you know, these things happen, unfortunately. Uh, not everybody is built to be able to handle some of the grit that goes on with this. And, but I do appreciate and thank all of them for being on here for the times they were on this show. Uh, it still made it a lot. It was a lot of fun doing it. And, uh, you know, it was, we had some great times. We had some very great times in the beginning. Um, we also lost some people as well during this journey. Um, rest in peace, Joy and Carr. You know, it was, it, you know, we lost it, the stuff that happened. It's amazing some of the things that has happened behind the scenes on this show and whatnot. But I know I don't regret any of it. I don't regret any of it because I learned from it and I utilized it. I absolutely utilized it. And there were people that thinking like after all that situation when it became five and now one, that this was going to die out. And it did not, neither of that. Because I learned from those, I learned from those experiences prior to. And we keep, we just keep it going from there. But ACMG, the Facebook group, you know, it, where it all started, the social media group that I branded, that I wanted to, and honestly, I, I can honestly say this right now, and we could probably date stamp everything from this point. I am possibly, can I can possibly say ACMG is one of the original groups that really, really branded themselves in a more quality and professional manner before all these other, you know, groups have ever come out. Uh, we had we were the first ones to really have a professional, high quality, you know, logo with a banner with banners that I still make design to this day. Um, we have contests that are just like we had contests that were just borderline the same. Because of this, I got to meet really great people from around the world. Michael Burhan in the UK, now in China, by the way. Congratulations to him and that. he's teaching um, in in China of all places. So he's found his place. He's found his spot. I'm really proud of him for that. Um, I've got to meet some really great friends there, some really great people, um, you know, good and bad. <laughs> I had some really, I've come across some good people, some great people and some really bad people along the way as well. Um, but again, I got to meet great people like Mega Ran, who was, who's been on this show constantly. Um, you know, Molly, he was, I got to meet because I, you know, the things I've been doing with this, you know, group and the podcast and everything, um, putting together special events and contests, you know, just being able to not only hang with people both, you know, online, but offline as well. The gatherings that we had, the movie taverns, the uh, events on all this stuff. I loved them all and still love them. Hopefully we could keep doing that as well down the line. Uh, shout out to Kiana with her game nights as well. You know, just trying to 
2020 definitely needs to be a time where we just people stop being afraid and stop hiding behind social media showing themselves being themselves allowing themselves to reach out because the more isolated you become the more dangerous things can be uh, you, both mentally and physically to that extent it, it's a health issue it's part of mental health is being able to socialize with people um there you say in psychology if you isolate yourself from society for too long it does become an unhealthy situation and you don't want to do that you definitely don't want to do that you have to try to communicate with people more you know we try to make acmg just that i I like to believe so but you know sometimes it was and and lately in last four years especially last two years of this of acmg social media has just been a dark place and again we try to make acmg the refuge from all the trolls and everything that's going on and you know all the pretentiousness that's going on we just want people to enjoy all of the things that we enjoy all things anime comics movies and games on there so when i create contests like the omega fist tournament which i had the honor of you know creating a fantasy fighting tournament consisting with all the comic book heroes in any comic book universe and some fantasy matchup and you actually win prizes and you actually get a chance to, you know, and we got sponsorships and we made a whole entire thing out of it. Um, it was really awesome. You know, I, I really appreciated everybody who's put in for this, who, you know, all the people who um, sponsored for this and, and everything out there. It's just I really appreciated making it a real legit thing. We made it into a, a actual sport. And by the end, you know, no, nothing's better than number four because I actually designed an actual, I usually create fictional wrestling titles that wraps around the, uh, you know, the characters that wins the tournament. But, you know, the last one, we actually had a chance to make a real title belt thanks to Undisputed uh, Belts. And I was able to de- create a design a belt and they created it and brought it to life. And it's awesome. It's an awesome trophy that I still have right here. And, you know, one of our past people actually won their own. I was like, I'm not, there's no way in hell I'm not going to make one for myself. (laughs) So, uh, and just have one person have it. So, you know, I have it in my, you know, right here on my side of my desk right now. And um, it's just a reminder of everything that I was able to accomplish and do. You know, and I'm very proud of everything that I was able to do. It wasn't easy to do, but... It wasn't about it being easy. It was about just me having fun doing it. And like I said, if you have fun doing stuff like that, then there's no doubt. Whether it's hard or not, it just goes out the window. You just keep it going from there. So, And just putting Talk Time Live together and making, seeing how it grew in the course of four years has just, just been fantastic. So, I mean, with that said, thank everybody. And I'm going to make an actual video version of this, a shorter video version of this just thanking everybody that's ever helped make acmg great whether you people who post commented you know helped out worked through everything you guys have helped me in some form or fashion um you know talk time live became a throughout this time talk time live was nominated for an award in philadelphia being recognized by the city of philadelphia you know for what it for what it does regardless of what you know us not winning we were still nominated you know can't be more honorable than that 
So some people were not nominated. So that just spoke speaks to the volume of everything. And we just keep it going from there. So who knows what's going to happen in 2020? I hope the world that we get to see and do more. I hope the world that I get to be able to have this experience with other people. And like Kim Lewis, my old friend from college, you know, Emmy Award winning art director and, um, and designer herself. Um, you know, she's been helping me along with some things recently. I recently did a really cool cooking segment. <laughs> like what would I call a food wars edition segment? Uh, did I just post it up? And uh, she did the intro for it, the video intro for it. It looks really awesome. I think for that, we're going to be working on some, doing some more things. And hopefully we can have more people come along as well who are diligent, hardworking, and passionate. Because those people don't care how much work goes into it and is passionate and proud to be doing all that we're doing right now. So uh, I am looking forward to working with her and much more. So we'll see what 2020 has. Folks, that will do it for what's going, what's new in the world or what's been going on in the year of ACMG or the decade for that matter. We're going to take a break, come back, and I'm going to give a quick and decisive review of Star Wars Episode 9, The Rise of the Skywalker. We'll do that right after this. Ladies and gentlemen, this is Dak Xavier Josiah, the host of ACMG Presents Talk Time Live, the podcast. You want to catch up with all of our podcast shows and hear from some of the hottest names in all of anime, comics, movies, and games, such as... This is Miley Flanagan, the voice of Naruto. This is Stephanie Shea, the voice of Sailor Moon. This is Ruben Langdon, the voice of Ken Masters and Dante from Devil May Cry. Hey there, this is Kyle Abair, the voice of Ryu from Street Fighter V. This is Chris Battle, character designer of Teen Titans Go! Here's your chance to check out all of that and more on Talk Time Live. TalkTomLive.com provides all of our ACMG content with new and previous episodes, exclusive interviews, articles, and much more. Visit TalkTomLive.com and let us help you learn to let go, live life, and love all things ACMG. Talk Time Live! This is Tom Gibbous, the voice of Shikamaru Nara from Naruto, and you are listening to ACMG Presents Talk Time Live. And it's not a drag. Do it. And now, it's time for our Talk Topic of the Week. Ready? Wait! All right, ladies and gentlemen. Welcome to our Talk Topic of the Week and the final Talk Topic of 2019 in this decade. As I review Episode 9 of Star Wars entitled The Rise of Skywalker... Actually, I'm pretty sure in the beginning of the show, I call it the fall of Skywalker. If that is the case, that might not be so far off from correct. And I say that because, you know, going into the film, I was I didn't have any expectations. I was already blown away throughout the year. You saw, you le- heard all of the movies that we got to see this year. And it ended off with the final episode, what they're calling the final episode of Star Wars. I'm not sure if that's true or if it's the final episode of the Star Walker, of the, I mean, sorry, of the Skywalker um, saga. I don't know if they're going to go a different direction or not, but, you know, honestly, if they really wanted to, they could easily still drain money off of this franchise because uh, there's always going to be fans out there for it. But uh, I wouldn't mind to see a new a new series with something new i don't i i I think right now after this movie i'm pretty much done with rather star wars or the skywalker saga whatever but at the end of the day it wasn't a bad movie i mean this is jj abrams returning 
at the helm of directing this uh, movie because he was he wasn't there for the last one. For episode eight, uh, it was uh, who who directed it? Who directed uh, episode eight? That was uh, Ryan Johnson who uh, directed it. And for, I don't know for what reason why J.J. Abrams was out. I think he might have had other commitments to do. But just like Brian Singer with the X-Men, when you don't finish a trilogy, things fall apart. And as much as I love The Last Jedi, I did really like The Last Jedi. It did kind of go a different direction, kind of disconnecting itself just a bit from things. And now J.J. Abrams is back. And he, he was trying to you know, fill the plot holes or whatever in the gaps that was going on in the second movie. So it left some people, especially critics, a little bit, you know, confused uh, as to what was really going on. It didn't feel like it, the flow and the fluidity of the uh, storyline was comp was as smooth as what you would see in other films. I'm going to say it like Marvel, who has been able to keep it non-stop no matter who directed the movie they were able to keep the story and the universe and the narrative everything on point no matter whether it was on uh you know a tv show or a movie or even a short film of of it whatever they managed to put it the narrative and make it strong to connect to everything and make sure everything makes sense here it didn't happen as successful as it could. And in fact, for me, for me, I, I, I just, it just didn't work for me in the sense that I was excited going in. Um, I was intrigued going in. I wasn't excited. I was like Marvel to me is my Star Wars. Even though I grew up in '77 and I was born in the year of the Jedi, if you will. And it just, to me, it just, I, I've always loved it, but then something better came along and that better superseded everything that the, that the prior has done. And it's not even the fact that they are better, but they didn't give it the quality that I feel like deserved. Like I love the force awaken. I thought it was a great nostalgic movie and it almost felt like I wish they would have stopped there, but you know, with them doing what they did, it just, it, it disconnected. It, it it wasn't as fluid as it could have been. Um, this one basically is just continuing where um, off where things off from uh, the Last Jedi and you know surviving the Resistance uh, faces the First Order and uh, now I believe they were calling themselves the Final Order and the Emperor is now returned in some form or fashion. They never explained how he actually returned or how he actually was you know stayed alive even after all that he stayed hidden and controlling everything the person the uh the sith lord that kylo ren killed was just nothing more than a clone uh that was created to mask who was really in charge and that was the emperor so he's been alive this entire time to some extent um but then i mean it, it was it was cool he also had the dynamic with uh ray and and kylo and seeing who's going to turn to where. And spoiler alert, if you haven't seen it yet, don't listen to this right now because this is going to be some spoilers here. But it turns out that Rey is, in fact, in the same heritage that the Emperor is in. So she actually does not have much of the Force. She has some of, more or less the dark side Force. And she has the same powers as the Emperor. 
And that's why everybody is seeking after her for so for all three uh, movies in this, up to this point. And uh, why everything has happened the way it did. And, you know, it, it, it just turned out, it turned out really interesting. Uh, they managed to CGI Carrie Fisher throughout the remainder of this uh, series, which was, it was really good. It was really, really, really good to see. They um, also showed scenes of um, Leia and, and uh, what was that? And Luke, who actually did what was one of those um those aging cgi things it's the first time i ever seen an aging cgi situation that didn't look real but it looked more like it looked more like a playstation 4 graphic type of situation so it was obvious like they she, it wasn't real it wasn't like when they did um who was it like when they did more robert downey jr in civil war and it actually looked like young robert downey jr from all of the Molly Ringwald movies and all that stuff from back in the day and Weird Science and all that. Or, you know, or when they had um, Kurt Douglas. Uh, you know, it just it did, didn't have that. Not Kurt Douglas. I forgot. Um, I forgot the uh, actor who played Ego. Because um, they, they, they kind of look like they're brothers in a sense. But you get what I'm talking about. When they do that CGI, when they, you know, change, you know age people uh, down, and it, it just there was parts of it to me that just it didn't really work for me in fact no lie i was in the theater and i went to the new ac uh, amc theater and here in philadelphia at the uh, philadelphia district and no lie i was dozing off throughout the entire movie and it was mostly and I, I'm, I'm i got a lot of sleep <laughs> that night so it wasn't that i'm pretty sure it was just like Everything that was going on wasn't that moving. I mean, there was a few, there was a few good spots. There was a, there were some slow spots in the movie. Um, there was also some, you know, action in there. It, you know, it didn't really to me. It didn't flow, and it wasn't just me because the audience in that theater, there was also no reaction. Everything in that theater was lukewarm. There was a lukewarm reaction from the from the audience in that crowd, and. It just it, it 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 just didn't come out and pan out the way it did. Like if you compare that to when I even watched Detective Pikachu this year, or when I watched Us, or when I watched Far From Home or Endgame, there was extremely great excitement. In fact, here's the here's the funny part about this movie. Now, I don't think anybody except for me has just mentioned at the end of the movie, during the final battle scene, the big dog fight, and everything that happened. Poe is in command. And it, this is the one thing that did stick to the all three movies was Poe because Poe, you know, Leia wanted Poe to be the leader, but he was so fired up. He was a hothead that he had the potential to be a leader and a, and a commander, but he did not actually, um, you know, he wasn't ready. He was not ready at all. By the third film, he was ready to be the commander or he thought or they thought he was ready he had no choice because leia was on her deathbed because she sacrificed herself in a fight with kylo against Rin. And i still don't understand how if leia dies then he dies or if he dies then leia dies i don't i don't understand that how that worked they didn't explain how that whole thing worked out because he you know leia stabbed leia's linked with him which gave Ray a chance to make a move and counter his move, and, and she stabbed him. I guess 
that eventually led to her yeah, dying. I guess we were supposed to understand that by her linking to Ren, that means she automatically dies. Let me tell you something. When Professor X links to somebody, he's not dying. If anything, he gets a migraine. But he's not dying because somebody else died that he linked it to <laughs> from that. And that, that part to me was weird to me. But that was Henry there. Uh, they also, um, there was, I mean, the whole layer thing was, uh, it was, it was really interesting. Um, just having her come back in and doing her thing. I mean, overall, it wasn't, like I said, it wasn't a bad movie. I just had, I question it. It didn't move me. And again, by the very end of that, uh, that dogfight scene, Poe was acting like he, you know, he lost. He didn't have an answer. He was, he couldn't fight back. Lo and behold, in his calm, he gets a call from Lando Carizian and a whole bunch of other people and a horde of people that says, we're coming to help you out. And he's all excited and everything about that. Now, I, the minute that happened, I started thinking like, did they really borrow that scene from Endgame? Did they really, really? That was exactly the same thing that happened when Captain America was fighting against Thanos and the Dark and uh, Dark Order and all of the hordes in the Centauri. And he felt like he was at a loss. And then Falcon calmed him on his uh, earpiece and was like, on your left. And all of Wakanda came and all of the, uh, the Sanctum um, Sorcerers came and everybody and, and people from other, you know, universes of the world came to fight this battle. They literally stole from Endgame. They, I'd I say, I'm trying to say borrow, but honestly, they stole that scene from Endgame. How is anybody supposed to get excited about that? And I know I'm not the only one that noticed that in that theater. It, that to me was that to me. No, it, it's not even. It's it's not even like years from now. It's not even like decades from now, or even five years from now, or even three years from now, or two years from now. It's in the same year that Endgame came out. And they did the exact same thing. That's and I knew somebody's gonna meme that um, someday when they come out, because I'm not the only I'm not the only one that noticed that. That's hard, that part to me bothered me. I'm like, did you really borrow slash still from Endgame with that one? Really? That was the most unoriginal thing that I saw right there. And to me, that part right there, it, it took me out. It really took me out. But as far as that, the characters, everybody in there did really good. I mean, again, I didn't really hate the film. The film was good. It just didn't blow me away like any, like a lot of the other films. In fact, if you put that in, that's going to be dead last for me this year as far as good films. And it's not going to be one of my standout films this year. Um, we're going to be doing our best of uh, decade uh, voting this week and movies is going to be one of them and that is in there as well so I'm very interested I really I'm I'm confident that that movie will not be one of the movies that is going to be at the top like five or even ten of that vote it, it damn, damn sure won't be number one I am confident that people may give it to Endgame or something else that has come by in the years but It'll be really interesting to see what they do, but I guarantee you this movie would not be it. I mean, 
the archive footage of uh, Carrie Fisher was really cool, and I, I like the way that they managed to fit that in and do what they did with that. They kind of, you know, did the same thing that they did on uh, Fast and Furious uh, with they uh, with that. So I, I didn't mind that too much at all. Uh, Mark Hamill, for what it's worth, he was really, you know, he played the older Skywalker, uh, Luke Skywalker, really well. Uh, he's playing the Obi Wan character now, and he looked cool. He looked really great. Adam Driver, actually, I actually. I know some people don't like Adam Driver or, or Kylo Ren. I actually like the character of Kylo Ren. I thought, especially when he wears the helmet, he's much better with the helmet on. I like the voice modification when it comes on. Uh, so I actually appreciate him. He he was less whiny and spoiled brat esque in this one. Um, Ray, Ray's Ray's just right. Ray was a uh, really good, strong character. Um, I like that she was torn between you know her destiny of becoming a Jedi or falling into the dark side again, you know, especially discovering what she, um, what she ended up uh, discovering who she was and how everything came about. It was very interesting. Uh, John Boyega, Finn, uh, not, he didn't stand out this time. He didn't really stand out, but he stood a little bit back this time, but he was still fun. He had his little subtle moments. I think a lot of the somewhat comedy moments, the small comedy moments that we're in was that. Um, Oscar Isaac, aka Apocalypse, on X. Um, on X. By the way, I never did. I didn't mind him being Apocalypse in um, in X Men Apocalypse. He, I thought he did a fairly good job as Apocalypse. I just thought it, it, it just one. It was one of those cases. It's not the actors, it's the writing in a direction. In a direction. But the movie itself, I didn't. I didn't. It's it's a watchable movie, but it damn sure is not one of my best movies, comic book movies ever by far. But Oscar Isaac, for his credit. He did good. He was he was good as Poe too. I mean, I guess he was supposed to be like the um, sort of kind of the the um, Han Solo of this, but eh, not really. Um, C3PO Anthony Daniels making his return again, and uh, it was that was a really interesting moment. Seeing they they made it, they teased like he was gonna rather die or lose his memory, and they would never remember him again. Only for R2 to bring it back. You know, just classic C-3PO stuff right there. But it was a lot of teasing. A lot, a lot of teasing here. Um, but, you know, other characters in the, in the movie were really good, too. Um, Lupita Nguyen played uh, Maz Katana, uh, Kanata. Uh, she wasn't in there, but when she, you could, you know, she stood out when you uh, when she was there. So, um, overall, it was, you know, it was, it was just, it was what it was. It didn't stand out. Kelly Marie Tran, too, was um, also really good in there. I mean, they had smaller roles in there, but they really made sure they got some time in. And uh, I've always, I always hate the fact that she was bullied. I don't understand the whole situation or why she was bullied or whatever. I, it, it, that boggles me to this day. Um, I, I thought she did really well in the, uh, in the last movie. I thought she did good in this movie. She's really cute. And, um, you know, she did what she did. So, uh, I, it, another big tease was that they tried to tease like Chewbacca was killed by Rey when she um, couldn't control her powers. And that kind of left you hints of that she had the powers of the Emperor, too, because it was, you know, the same type of electricity that was resonating from her uh, hand that was that he had as well. So, I, you know, again, at the end of the day, it was a movie. Now... There's mixed reactions, not only from, you know, this, from myself or others, 
but our ACMG Facebook group as well also had mixed reviews on this movie as well. I mean, there were people who were saying that they really loved it. You know, Matt Croft thought it was pretty epic. Uh, he loved the new trilogy. Uh, he, you know, he is, he considers himself a fanboy and he had no issues with it. He thought the movie, the last movie tied up with, uh, up any issues uh, with The Last Jedi. That's what he thought. There are other people who say otherwise. Um, you know, uh, you know, John Murray also said he liked it. Uh, there was, you know, many issues with The Last Jedi, but they managed to clear it up. And, you know, a lot of people did say John, uh, J.J. worked hard to try to tie everything up um, there. Uh, you know, Phil Chu thought it was dope. Uh, Delvin, uh, but then uh, Delvin Williams in our ACMG Facebook group felt that it was in balance. Uh, they were trying to connect the last two films. They were also uh, also loose ends to some of the major characters that irked me, uh, or, or I'm sorry, irked him. And it was, but it was still a good movie. And that's how I felt too. I felt like they were. It was just something off about it, but it it wasn't a bad movie at the end of the day. Um, and we got to talk about the uh, Billy D thing too. That uh, that's a really interesting situation there. Um, Dwayne. The, uh, Vazel, you know, one of our, you know, seasoned members of the ACG Facebook group said, um, the movie felt discombobulated as if, uh, it was making it on the go. Uh, he didn't like it in particular. Uh, if he sees it again, it's only because it's, uh, <laughs> he'll be super bored and other people may want to <laughs> see it with them. So, um, you know, it's funny too. Uh, Craig Holland, shout out to him. He actually uh, just won the, uh, flashback uh retro gaming console too by the way um he actually wrote and mentioned something i forgot finn said that he was going to say something to uh ray but he never did and he kind of left that open-ended maybe or if they don't follow up with another star wars that's going to be a plot hole right there so that is one thing he caught um that was very interesting so uh, Jamil Nafis said it was pure dog shit, <laughs> but to his credit, he, you know, to that credit, he's a little bit negative on a lot of things. And the only time he usually chimes in is when he wants to be negative. So <laughs> I just want to point that out right there. Um, you know, it, it was just definitely, you know, it was definitely there. Uh, Sarah Buckley, uh, Biscato, uh, said she liked it. So, you know, when it comes down to it, when it comes down to it, really, is that there are hardcore fans of Star Wars and then there are okay fans of Star Wars. Like, no, there's not one person who doesn't love Star Wars, but they, there's some hardcore fans that, char, you know, that will love it no matter what and will defend it, even if there are some problems with it. That's kind of a bad thing. <coughs> excuse me that's kind of a bad thing in a sense that your eyes are fogged <coughs> excuse me um to a point that you don't see wrong or you won't admit wrong to it because there was definitely some things on there but you got some okay fans that are like all right i love star wars just for the sake of it being star wars and i love the original three movies and you know, even though they had, you know, a bumpy road with the uh, prequels and, you know, this one was trying to make the comeback, but it wasn't as strong. And I think a lot of it had to do with J.J. 
not being at the helm of all three uh it it really did create a disconnect there but um you know love what you love you know but allow people to love what they love as well and you know if you don't like it that's your decision if other people do that's fine with them but for me it really wasn't my feel so for me personally uh as a i'm you know i am the okay star wars fan but i also still say that a movie has to really excite you from beginning to end and let me tell you i've been a marvel fan for years but i've also been watching marvel movies for years and that is including the 1990s so please trust me when i tell you that there were some marvel movies that i felt did not live up to the expectations of marvel and i am talking about lang e's the hawk i am talking about the dolph longren punisher i am talking about the 90s captain america i'm talking about the 90s fat fantastic four hell i'm talking about the recent the last fantastic four movie they did not live up to the expectations of what marvel should be so it's not a fact of it all being marvel because it in i think the third blade movie wasn't as good either um it's not a matter of me just being a fan of Marvel movies, but the fact that Marvel has done so much right, Marvel Studios, that is, has done so much right to that franchise. You got to compare Star Wars, which is like, honestly, the father, as far as movies, movies is the father of that. It is the father of what we have right now. And in my opinion, Marvel Studios has superseded what star wars or what george lucas has tried to do now i don't know if the mixed reactions led to george lucas not making it to that opening and because he was not there at the premiere of that he he opted out of being at the premiere so i don't know what led to that at all or what's the reason i don't that, that, i mean but it does say something that he may not be supporting that film I mean, there's no other reason. It's been days since the premiere happened. And it just, you know, for him not to be there, that that maybe speaks volumes. Also, Rotten Tomatoes has given it a 58%, uh, which is a, uh, what I believe is a uh, squash. Or it's a, I forgot what they called it. But the audience score, it's a Rotten, it's an automatic Rotten Tomato or something like that. But, um... The eighty, you know, the eighty-six percent audience score is um, is there, but you know, again, it's it's the hardcore fans versus, you know, that. So that's not a real even for crit, uh, critics say that's really not a good score at all. Um, especially when you got Jumanji who gets a seventy-one percentile. You know, that, that's just bad. That is really bad. Um, but it is what it is. It is what it is. I think down the line, it's not going to be a movie that people are going to look back and say like this was one of the great movies of the decade or the generation like that um marvel's clearly they clearly taken over the whole entire spot so if i give this a grade it would have to be a c for me this was a c level deal for me i i, I just didn't enjoy it and the fact that i was dozing off to sleep in there and the, the audience also was not engaged in the movie as well it was it was really quiet there was a few people laughing at a certain point but otherwise it was no excitement especially by the end when i when like i was talking about when poe did that scene 
he, you know, and, and everybody came to save him when he thought he was literally it's the stolen freaking end game scene. It, it I, there is nothing else you can say about it. It's, it's blatantly the, the end game scene. I think that left people like uh, left somewhat of a taste in people's mouth. That to me, to me was just like, no, <laughs> no way. So one thing I'll do want to point out real quick before we end this is Billy D. Williams at the very end. There's a scene where Finn finds a whole bunch of former stormtroopers um, that also has deflected from them. And the one in particular is a female, is a, um, a female color who he managed to meet and say that, you know, they also deflected as well. And they've been hiding from the uh, First Order for quite some time. Well, at the end of all this, when everything fell and went through and they won the day and everything, and they were celebrating, and of course the Ewoks just happened to be there whenever it is, a, you know, whenever it was a fall, the Ewoks are ready to party. Um, there was this one little scene where Billy D, or did no, where the uh, female, the former female stormtrooper, sat next to Billy D, and looked at him like, so I, what is your story or whatever like that? Do you know who, um, do you know who you are? And I guess the girl, the woman, said, no, I don't know who I am. Billy D replies, well, let's find out. And his Billy D style grin, that was, that grin was not just any grin. That was the coming to my, uh, coming to my um, palace with a Colt 45 type of grin. This dude was shooting his shot. This old dude was shooting. Billy D still got it. He's still smashing after all this time. And I'm like, and I'm looking at that scene and knowing what I know about Billy D Williams in his past situations. And I'm like, do they remember things and why did this scene come out of blue and they just did this big close-up of dilly of billy d smiling at her and she's smiling back and i'm like what is this leading into is this going to be a spinoff or is this going to be a pornhub uh scene coming because <laughs> this came off so weird to me this it was just like Dude, what is he about to do here? What are they planning? What what is going on? Why is Billy D trying to back up this other chick? <laughs> like no matter where in the far far galaxy away, he's always smashing. <laughs> so I don't know what they're doing with that. I I really don't know. It'd be interesting to see where they're going with that one, but that happened. Um I want to point out one more thing after that, uh, unrelated, but the the theater. If anybody lives in Philly, if anybody's listening here living in Philly, you know, I went to that theater. You know, I've talked about, you know, one of my favorite theaters, and that's Movie Tavern, which is like the original dine-in theater, uh, you know, restaurant slash movie theater. You know, they, they serve you food while you're sitting at a table. So I checked out this AMC theater, that dine-in theater that they have in the fir- uh, fashion district. And I got to say, I, for my first time, I, w- I had mixed uh, feelings about this. For one thing, I didn't like the fact that you had to... Um, order concession before you go to your seat and then they bring it to your seat which if you've never been to a movie tavern before you might think that's cool but the in hindsight if you're if you decide to sit in the middle row and you get your food ordered but you want to get something else you got to get your uh, get up off your ass go out into concession again get into that line again and order something which means you'll be missing out on the movie Again, but at Movie Tavern, no matter which one you go to, they have actual waiters and waitresses uh, helping to um, service you. 
So if you get something and you want something else, like say dessert or whatever, you hit a button that's connected on a desk and they come to you as you're watching a movie so you don't miss a damn thing and you get whatever it is that you want, bar none. I think that is a much better accommodating service for what they're doing. I think they need to retract on their strategy because I think it's a very flawed strategy. I was told by members of ACMG uh, who live in Philly about this and I finally found out for myself and it just just felt so tedious and pointless and I, I just didn't like it. I didn't like it at all. I didn't like that at all. The other thing that was a negative to me was that the seats, when they, although they recline and the I guess the one edge that they, the one thing that I think they got an edge over uh, movie tavern is that the seats are heated. You can heat the seats up at, uh, at you as you please if you need to. That's all great, though, but when you recline, it like your feet are reclined, it's only to a 90 degree angle. It doesn't go 45 degree like it like you normally do on in movie tavern, which le- uh, elevates your entire body to just relax and feel and have your you know feet lifted up and they have enough room where the waiters or waitresses can actually walk past you without kicking you or hitting you no at this one i'm at the balcony seat which by the way the balcony is the best view for this place for the theater that i was in i was in theater three if anybody wants to know and it just felt off it felt weird like my feet was just dangling off on the ground at some point it's like all right why don't i why not just sit down you know it just didn't feel right if you've never been to a dining theater before this place may be cool for you but i highly recommend everybody to go check out movie tavern not movie grill because i heard that one sucks the one at 69th street or any of them Movie Tavern is the original dining theater, and they got it so right. They know how to treat it right. They know how to get you right. I mean, we had one situation. That was because it was on a Tuesday, and it was the 4th of July. But other than that, every time I've gone, they've been great. Now, granted, also, the AC, the AMC Theater, their food is actually pretty good. I had uh, Bacon Ranch Burger. I liked it. I loved it. I thought they did a really great job. So the food, I can give you a plus for at that theater. But Movie Tavern also has some great food, but they also have some great accommodations as well so if you want to check that place out go there first but i highly recommend going to amc first and then going to movie tavern better uh second because if you go to movie tavern third first and then go to amc you're going to be highly disappointed i'm just telling you now so keep that in mind and i don't know maybe i'll give this one more chance one more time um their movies coming out this you know this year and I'll, me and my wife will go down. I went on my own this time, but me and my wife will go down and see how it feels the second time around. Maybe we'll do it in a different theater. They do have Adobe, uh, Adobe Theater in there as well. Uh, so that's a thing that I got to check out too. That's maybe a whole different experience from there as well. I did like the, um, the sound system in there because it, it vibrated. And you got to feel the vibration of the, uh, of the audio and the, and the Adobe sound throughout the theater. <coughs> Excuse me. So that was also a plus too. The place does look beautiful. It's clean. It's new. Um, let's see how long that stays that way. And <laughs> see, but again, that I would give that like a solid B compared to Movie Tavern's A, solid A, right there. It's like it's, it wasn't the best movie experience I've had by far, and a lot of it plays along with the seats and the the um, the system of their 
concession ordering. So if they fix all that, then yeah, it, it'll be much better. It'll be much, much better. Folks, this is it. That will do it. This is the final episode. There will be no episode until the beginning of 2020, which by then we will absolutely have our best of decade episode and we will go down to what made it the best of all things anime comics movies games and maybe other categories as well definitely another category in there as well but we're going to talk about that the voting will start next week so if you want to join the acmg facebook group and cast your vote in there you could go to facebook.com forward slash groups forward slash acmg1 and you know join the fun you got to have a legitimate profile page like you you i mean i'm serious i say this all the time and i mean it all the time you got to have some legitimacy on your page you can't be hiding from hiding behind pictures you got to have show your face of some form or fashion in there and you got to be you got to socialize with others i hate these creepy stupid profiles that people just use to hide it's corny it's stupid it's really dorky i get it some of there are some introverts out there who are afraid to socialize but i implore people to work on reaching out because you're actually hurting yourself more by hiding away and that's not what social media is supposed to be with the emphasis on the word social and it's not social to to try to be mysterious or or an, or an enigma or whatnot because that's corny we pe- people have tried so many people do it it's not original it's corny just be yourself show yourself if you're not intentionally coming in there to troll or to be mean or bitchy and everything then definitely go on it go on this group and enjoy it for what it is i want to see change in 2020 i want to see people happier i want to see economic change i want to see social change i want to see political change as well that's destined that better be destined i pray that that's destined but let alone i mean we got to make change we got to be a stronger unit we got to be a strong unit for each other we got to show love to one another we got to show positivity so let's do that definitely again thank you to everybody from the acmg facebook group members to all, all those who supported me you know through and through uh thank all of the guests that's been on this show thank you so much it has been an honor to talk to you guys to learn from you guys for our listeners to hear from you and you know to be a part of something special thank you especially to keystone and repop for supporting me supporting the brands you know allowing me to do what i do in a live stage this year <laughs> And I'm glad that I didn't uh, let you guys down. (laughs) And I'm looking forward to working with you guys again. Um, Thank you to everybody who just just made this one of the best experiences of my life. It's been a hard road in the last decade. Not just from whatever's going on in the world, what's going on in my world. Uh, Throughout this, I left my job to do this, you know, permanently. My wife is doing her own business now as well. And, you know, for the pursuit of happiness, literally, it had to be done. And I don't regret any of it. I don't. And I, I, all I think I can tell you as I'm looking at my press passes and my speaker passes right next to me on this, next to this microphone, as a reminder of what I've accomplished, you two can do the damn same thing. 
had the courage, had the will to get up and make something happen. And don't be afraid to reach out to people to help you. As well as don't miss opportunities when it is given and run with them. If anything I can tell you, especially this year, when an opportunity comes to you, run with it and run hard. With that said, thank you guys. Have a very Merry Christmas and a Happy Holidays to you. And a Happy New Year, because I won't hear from you guys from then. So enjoy and let's get 2020 going, folks. That'll do it for me on behalf of myself. This is Dax Xavier Josiah saying learn to let go, live life, and love all things anime, comics, movies, and games. This is ACMG Presents Talk Time Live. I am out of here. See you guys next year. Well, in closing, I just want to say thank you both for coming to the East Coast, coming to Houston Comic Con, to come to the city of Philadelphia. Music for this episode is provided by Game Chops. Check out these great chiptune tracks and more at music.gamechops.com.